Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to the TD Bank Garden. Um, as we're, Russ and I are on location here, Russ wearing the hat that they gave the media last night. Yeah. How, how, how ironic that the TD Garden is for Toronto Dominion Bank. Yeah, I know it's a Toronto bank. I know money's money, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> I bank a TD. Yeah, TD. I used to. I do too. I have a I have a car. I had a falling out, and I can never go to Ecuador again. But besides <laughs> that, yeah. Um, but with TD Bank, yeah, that's all good. So yeah, so where we are, we'll show you a little bit around. We're just you know we're in the big stadium here. There's the big scoreboard up there. Um, yeah, we have to show end the show, or else we will have to sleep here. You mean you mean the score, you mean the scoreboard <laughs> where a where a Bruins fan during the during one of the TV timeouts flipped the bird to eight. Thousand people. Yes, just, it wasn't shown a hundred percent. I saw a portion in the first. Yeah. Okay, don't My, I, act, don't move don't move your computer again. I just did now. Yeah. Uh -oh. My ankle, right? I don't. What I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to get the chat room out first, guys. One second, okay? All right, yeah, because right now it, it was perfect until you moved the computer. <laughs> Uh oh, I don't know. Okay, no, we're okay. It's perfect. It's slowing down for. It's gonna get weird for a second. Just while I. No, we're okay. Just while I do one second, it'll get weird. It's gonna get better. Um, I just have to get the YouTube. I'm trying to get the chat room up for the kids back home. Here's one one second. As soon as I get that, I can. I can. I'll stop moving everything. Well, Russ is. Russ is. You know, Russ has. It's it's tradition. Russ. Well. Because they were saying, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, we know yeah. they're gonna rip my uh, shirt. So it's I mean. uh, it's raining today in Boston. Yes, it's raining today in Boston, um, which is you know, it's really cold. Like, it's you know, I wore this short sleeve shirt. I'm so screwed. Not me. And the socks are gonna be a rain out. Yeah, the Red Sox are gonna rain down. By by the way, Russ, when you come to Buffalo, the Syracuse Mets will be in town. So if you want to make the religious pilgrimage and go see Tim Tebow, um, he'll he'll be here. Can we go that Thursday? I, if it's an afternoon game, sure. Oh, that would be great. I'll, Let I'll me know. Check, I'll check the schedule. But anyway, I'm, sure, I'm, sure. I'm not going to cheer for Tim Tebow, but I, I do want to see the team. I'm sure he's really interested in our, in, our per, in, our, in our personal schedules here. Yeah. And everybody yeah. else is invited, too. Yeah, Ready this, I got to go pay for my parking meter because that's almost out. So once I'm just kidding. And then we're going to try to get, you know. Good clam chowder because they say they have it in this town. My, just just text Mike Babcock. He'll tell you where to get good clam chowder. Chris, if you donate to Patreon, we can get a green screen. <laughs> this is a green screen, Chris. <laughs> green Isn't screen, it good? Exactly. It's really quality, high they're quality. They're green really screen, in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, we're we're in Secaucus. We're in Secaucus. <laughs> there you go. Home, <laughs> home of WR and, and actually uh, the way it's working right now. What's even more amazing is Russ is in West Orange. I'm in Secaucus. There you go. Um, yeah, it's just phenomenal. So there you how about that, huh? Okay. I'd rather be in Secaucus than West Orange. Yeah, I'm down. It's too snooty. I can't see anything. Sorry, one second. Hold on, guys. 
I can see it. What is your problem? Can you see? Can you read the chat? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm the guy without glasses, and I can read it. I can't read anything. I've got three pairs of glasses with me, and none of them work. Okay. Anyway, all right. Let's start the show. (laughs) Yes. Let's start the show. You got it. It's the 28th. That's correct. Hello, (laughs) hello, hockey world. It's Tuesday, May 28th. Two. No, it's not. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hello, hockey world. It's Tuesday, May 28th, 2019. I'm Michael Lagello. I'm Peter Tesse in very temperate Winnipeg. It's warm out. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohn from Sportsology, and it's raining cats and dogs here. But not in here in the TD Bank, where we are right now, the TD Bank, the TD Bank, the TD Bank Garden. Yeah, can I, can I make a withdrawal? Yeah, absolutely. Probably. Uh, you know, good good service charges. But anyway, no, um, <laughs> we're, we're in the TD Bank, TD Bank bar, Garden. They had the skates. Um, There's an optional skate for the Blues. Russ got to the press conference. has a really good Bennington story, which we're going to yeah. share. We probably start with that, but um, it was well, then we'll get into the game. But um, yeah, what what was Bennington? That was great. You got yeah. So Tory Krug, I guess after the big hit yesterday, skated by Bennington. So the press asked him, "Did he say anything to you?" And and Bennington's like, he didn't really say anything, but he stared, and his pupils were really large. So I wonder if he was on something. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, way to go, Bennington. I know the other the other fun wow. moment with Bennington was the the Boston crowd trying to chant. Bennington and the idea of like so Bennington, Ben, you have you have to chant two syllable words first of all. Jordan, have, how about Jordan? Yes, right. But they haven't thought of that yeah, they, for some reason. They haven't yet figured out that his first name is Jordan. So they're like Bennington, and it was really just not working. And we were all, are they trying to say something kind of thing? They know how to chant Jeter. I mean, it should have been good now. Did I say something about the Bruins fans because they're not here right now? And if they were, they would kill me if I said this. All of you people. Um, no, but here's the thing about Boston fans. They are used to winning now because they're all their sports teams have won. I really felt a difference. I don't know. Eric said this to me too. A different sense of this building was weird for a Stanley Cup final. I mean, they were into it. They were, they're very like, they're crazy. They're raucous. No, no, sure. they're raucous. I mean, it was yeah. loud. But there's also this like arrogance that they are going to win. Well, you're and, in Title Town. That is a thing. In Title Town? This is Title Town. And Green Bay? When it, when it wasn't, when it wasn't Title Town, then it had a different feel. Like in 2011, it had a different feel. Title Town's Green Bay. No, it's here now. Okay, sure. I'm like, about. I mean, between the Red Sox and the Celtics, and you know, and the other team, the Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. Um, between all those teams, you have you know these people who are very, very accustomed to winning. And we were talking to Ty Anderson earlier. Um, friend of the shows, of course, and going to be back on the show in the near future, hopefully. And Ty, um, he dresses like a golf pro now. Now, Ty has really cleaned up his act. Like, yeah. Ty went from, like, being really scruffly Ty, yeah. you know, with all his face look crazy. You know, he does still have his tattoos, of course. He, he didn't have them lasered off. I said he didn't scrape off. No. He, still has his, See, I, he did very much look like he was, like, like under, a golf pro. Out of the crew catalog, basically. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm carrying on the, scru- the yeah. scruffy hockey buzz banner right here. With <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Russ, that was very funny. It took a minute. Russ said the Jake Life for children because Ty is about <laughs> this small. Like, he is really short, you know, and a, but a great guy. And, but he does he definitely looks like a good. Um, actually, Ty brought up something very interesting about the city. And, and I experienced it today because I saw people like holding their heads in traffic. There's more people than they have infrastructure here. So, like, you could be, yeah. like, like I'm about. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. Yeah. Take, yeah. Like, 40 minutes. Guys. Because there's. 
your 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 audio and video are are cutting in and out. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't rest, know. Rest. All right. Can you hear hey, me, guys? Better. No, it's just you can't. It's cutting in and out. Why don't once you log off and log back on, I'll I'll send you another invite, and Peter and I can carry on until. Yeah. All right. All right. You don't have to we can talk about what the unbiased people didn't see. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, well, and the, the, yeah, right. Well, and, and then, honestly, it's like I, Peter, I'm not one to be the uh, the guy who cries about officiating, and I don't have a I don't have a vested stake in in this yeah. cup final. I'm just watching it as a fan. Uh, although yesterday I made the observation, and I'm sure Russ would roll his eyes when I mentioned this because. Pierre Lebrun mentioned about one of the missed calls yesterday. He says, this must be missed referee call day because this is the 26th anniversary of the Gretzky Gilmore mm. uh, um, uh, atrocity. Last night, Boston was the better team. They outshot them. They outchanced them. For, for a while. For, for a game. They finished off as the better team. Yeah, especially in the middle of the game. It, it, yeah. I would say after St. Louis got the goal to make it 2-0, they, they regrouped. Right, they were in complete control. I mean, they they held them without a shot for yeah. a long stretch, 10, 11 minutes. Um, but again, the officiating was atrocious. The missed calls, the you know, the Zidane Chara slash on Tyler Bozak's stick shattering it. The 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 ridiculous call, I think it was on uh, Sammy Blaz yeah. on Connor Clifton where he hits him along the boards doesn't hit him into the boards, doesn't injure him, doesn't do anything, and they call a two-minute penalty. And Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, the, the, this offseason or this postseason will go down as one of the most poorly officiated we have ever seen. Mm -hmm. And right now in the Stanley Cup final, the officiating crew in the NHL – is already hey, off. Guys, on, sorry. Yeah, no, you're they're already off on the wrong foot. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. This isn't about whether it's a you know, I I don't care if it's Boston, San Jose, Tampa, whoever is in the final. It's gonna equal out and Boston's gonna get screwed at some point too, because that's how bad it is. And yeah. it just seems that in you know the Gary Batman Bill Daily State of the Unions, all to talking to all the you know, all the talking heads out there, all the big big media guns no one seems to be able to get it into their heads that people are growing tired of this they're very small sliver of a fan base in the pro sports market that right. is now competing with all of canada watching the toronto raptors mm -hmm. are is losing their patience well and, and that should be I sat priority number one. And if there is a board of governors meeting or a GM's meeting and there's someone not on board with this, they should be told to find a replacement because they are the ones who ultimately decide the NHL's direction. And if, if you can't see that there's a problem right now well, and that it's affecting the fan experience, you need to get out. Well, let me, let me just say this and then you guys can respond. Last night I'm watching this game and – the, the call that really infuriated me the most was the was this I think it was uh, the 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 penalty that ended up uh, 
uh, getting the power play that ended up being the game-winning goal, uh, which was uh, Sammy Blas's hit on Connor Clifton. That was right. not a penalty. Sure. It was not no. a penalty. Yeah. Okay, so we knew. Go ahead. We we knew in the press box that it was an acting job, right? But there's going to be more acting jobs in this series. It's not like that's never happened. I sat next to a former official yesterday, and I mentioned exactly what Peter said. I said fans are growing tired of it. They don't understand. And when there's four guys on the ice, and even a linesman can make a judgment call on a hand pass, and nobody claims to have seen it, I said it really it's it's a bad look because basically he this guy who I was sitting next to he actually um, read out the starting officials and he goes, these are the best officials. And I'm like, compared to what? Yeah. You know, like, and that's when we started up the conversation. Compared to what? Yeah. And and, which is a good point. Yeah. And, and, and the, 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 the series, the series of plays that happened that resulted in Krug running down Robert Thomas is, is the most laughable series of a few seconds because David Perron should have gotten a penalty for, you know, interference, for basically mm-hmm. mugging Tory Crew, for ripping off his helmet. The referee's yep. standing right there. Nothing is called. Then Crew right. skates full speed from his own zone and hits Thomas. Now, he didn't hit the head, so that was fine. No, no mugging, no interference, no right. charging. What the hell is the purpose of a friggin' referee if you're not going to call what should be called and call what shouldn't be called? Because that's what's yeah. going on here right now. I mean, I, I definitely think they they had a big impact, but I mean, I don't think I don't think they were the I don't I don't think they were the reason that they were throwing. No, no, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think they were the. This is just now we're at the. There's only one game in town now. It's the Stanley right. Cup final, and yeah. it's the start of the Stanley Cup final nothing's changed. There's no memo went out to officials to be better, to care, to do something that makes common sense. Because right now, as a guy who coaches hockey, um, is on the board of governors of an association that has officials, I don't know what the rules of hockey are anymore. Like, I have no clue, and I know guys who don't either. And that's what's really troubling. I I will tell you this. I do that. On on Sportsology.com, I did put in my article the entire Gary Bettman answer to video review, right? He put the officials on notice. He said all the right things, but if you really look at that entire statement, there was a point where he put them on notice. So he's not happy about it, but he can't do anything midstream or won't do anything midstream. Right. So we're at this place now, but but the only thing I say to Mike is like, we all saw that too. Right. But it didn't have any impact on anything. So no. some stuff you have to let go. Like you I mean, just here's, do. Here's, here's my thing with referees. It's always been this way with referees for me is that referees are literally doing the best they can. I really, That's I true. firmly believe that. I don't. I firmly believe they aren't trying to be bad referees. They aren't trying to screw up. They are really. They are working hard at it. Um, where they make mistakes is when their confidence is shot, just like a player would make make mistakes with confidence shot. So what and wh- where they get their confidence from is direction from above. You know, and knowing what. The, so the the problem here is that I don't think they're getting the right. That, you know the rules from above and the directions from above and, and, and are really throwing them for a loop and all these you know like we've talked about before what can be reviewed what can't be reviewed all that stuff it, it, it's, it's, it's throwing their confidence because they know it's going to be reviewed they know they're going to they know they're going to be judged and so they're doing the best they can but yeah, honestly, the, the whole point of video review is yeah. not to judge the refs it's to get the right call oh. that's the problem I, yeah, yeah no i do agree with you on that but, it, but they're human beings they're human beings so so yeah. if you're to get the right call 
Mm-hmm. You allow the you empower the officials to make whatever call it is, and you don't hold them accountable if it's wrong. If you're going to use video re- review, yeah. the problem is we're spending 20 minutes reviewing whether a skate's in the air, not if something's a dangerous hit, not if something is a pr- right. is is off the glass and out or on a dumb penalty to begin with. It's what video review is used for. Now, it, it, I will tell you this: I don't think I don't think it's affecting the coaching because both coaches today basically said. Hey, it's the Stanley Cup, and rough stuff happens. Right. So they basically have told their guys, "Listen, you can't worry about these calls. Just go do whatever the hell you're going to do." So we're going to see a lot of that mugging going on, and like basically daring the refs to call it. Well, Actually, I, I, I want it. Well, this, this should be a physical series. As best, this should be a physical series. So, well, I, let, let me just say that all the all these calls I didn't think made a difference in in the outcome of the game because the Bruins were the better of the two teams in Game One. I know mean, that stretch in the second period where, where St. Louis couldn't get a shot on goal. I mean, you can't. It, Bennington kept them in the in the in the game uh, during that stretch. Uh, St. St. Louis has to be better. I mean, they started out well. They got up two nothing, and then the Bruins, I think, just completely took over the game. But to, to the point of, uh, you know, how these teams are going to play going forward, we know what St. Louis did to beat San Jose. They beat the crap out of them. They they neutralized Eric Carlson. They they you know they knocked two or three players out of that series physically. And you know what? For St. Louis to win this series, they're going to have to tar- – and I'm not saying target in terms of like di- being dirty with them. I'm saying play the game, target Bergeron, target Marchand, target Charlie McAvoy and Krug. Because if you if you neutralize the Bruins' ability to skate the puck out of their zone and you neutralize or try to neutralize their two best players, St. Louis might have a chance. If they don't do that, this is going to be five, four or five games. Yeah. I was going to – gonna say i think baruby did himself a real disservice today because like we covered him a lot in philly and he was not very genuine in his press conference he really didn't want to be there where cassidy was giving some information even though it was old i was told he's been given the same information for two weeks he's very good at that but he did talk about one thing from last night's game he mentioned again columbus how they adjusted when they slagged off they figured that out right well he did say in the second period that hey we saw that there was an opportunity for us to go wide with our speed, and they did. Mm-hmm. So basically, Cassidy's telling me and all fans, we adjusted. We got the win because we adjusted. Ruby didn't talk about any adjustments, didn't seem to have done do any adjustments, yeah. Yeah. And didn't really – Help his team, so he got out coached that game. And they burned Edmondson, and they burned Gunnarsson going wide. They're 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 not really fast defensemen. And I think you know the, we were talking about Vince Dunn. Uh, it's I, a big I, key. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. I think St. Louis, even if he's at fifty percent, they got to get him back in the lineup because I mean, he skated. He skated right back just behind us. Yeah, they're, they're an hour their defense is slow afoot, Russ, without without Dunn back there because, you know, Pareko, Pietrangelo, and to a lesser extent, Bo Meester can skate. But the second half of their, of their blue line is not very mobile. Well, I mean, again, this is why I told people I picked the Bruins because if Dunn were 100%, right. I would have picked the Blues. But he's not going to be 100%, and his jaws wired shut, and it's hard to play that way. Derek Stepan played that way, and he was good at the, for a couple games, and then he started to lose it. You can't keep on weight. And on defense – that's even more grueling than, than playing a forward position. So he's going to help because he's just naturally faster than Portuzo, mm-hmm. but he can't play 15 minutes in a game, I don't think. I no. feel like there's a little bit of lazy reporting going on about this series because, like, listening today, I kept hearing people saying, okay, 
Well, yeah, no, we knew the Bruins would be rusty, but once they once they shook the rust off, you know, I think I don't think that I think, I think that's so overblown. Like I really felt like we felt like they were rusty for like five minutes in that first period, but we barely. Did. I mean, and the Blues yeah. just came out really strong. The Blues played they played a really strong period, and at the end of the day, I think the and then when once the once the Bruins did get some momentum. I mean, they got momentum off of a lucky goal. The first goal they got was pretty lucky, and they got it at the perfect time because they had just taken a two nothing lead in St. Louis. Because yeah. at that point, there was definitely a sagging moment. But the Bruins get the lucky bounce off the goal, and then the Bruins start to roll. And I think the the intensity of this building and the Bruins starting to roll all got to a St. Louis Blues team that hasn't played that many games in this kind of situation before, like yeah. a Stanley Cup and final. And I feel like Braden Shen scored that goal for all of Philadelphia, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, Braden Shen was one of the best Blues on the ice for sure. And I mean, he, but you know, I think that there's a there's a there was a common thing of you got to remember that the Blues. I think it's only. Um, David Perron, who's ever played in the Stanley Cup final, right, and it's showing. And and I think last night they got nervous, as because yes. when once that steamroller happens here with the momentum shifting, everything like that you got that's a gut check time, and they started to make plays that they weren't making. What well, was first. the penalties? Penalties. I mean, the Bruins' power play was off. Krug was missing the net, but when you give them four or five opportunities, they're start they're going to yeah. start to click. And then when you're and not that skating, was, that was the difference in the game because. Their penalty kill yeah. tired them out. So in the third period, the Blues were dead on their feet for a while. Right, and you can say all you want to say about the fact that Blues should have gotten more power plays. The Blues weren't skating enough to draw. Power no, they plays. couldn't. They they had to skate. If they if they they needed moments where they could actually try to draw a penalty, yeah. and they weren't drawing penalties. So you run in a situation where I mean, I thought Bennington was really good. He was. I mean, um, if you want to get, yeah. people always want to get on Bennington yeah. for like that one bad goal. And every goalie does it. And sure, if you want to get on him for the deflection, that's fine. Yeah, but no. for the people who don't send me texts, when he was on his back making spread eagle yeah. saves, he was getting his defense was getting destroyed again. I I, I I don't know who was sending you texts for us. I, I have no idea. Yeah, well, right. But you know the thing about this, you is, aren't the only one. But Bennington also <laughs> does have a little bit of that Mark Andre Fleury disease. He does, which is like which is when your team is down and not getting any offense, and you're not getting anywhere, you're just getting pounded. He starts to overhandle the puck, overplay the puck to try to like create something because he can't do. You know, the goalie obviously can't score goals. So the best you can do is to try to create some some movement forward. So he started overhandling the puck, and he's, he's not he's not a terrible puck handler at all. But he's not. But he was handling it too often, too much, and that started to wear on him. And you know, he's he's the, he's the rookie. Like he's the one. Uh, he's obviously shown like like this comment today. Incredible amounts of maturity yeah. and great stuff. And the leadership, holy, you know, like you're, you really can't be your leader on the, you know, and I think that was the issue. Um, the one thing, the last thing I'll say about the thing that I really noticed about Boston was, um, and it goes kind of to the fans again, who they all think they can win all the time because they just win championships all the time. The Bruins, I tweeted this out. I think when the Bruins think they can beat you, you're done. Like the Bruins, the Bruins are really feed off their confidence. Like they, they were a different team until they got that first goal. And, but the second the Bruins felt like they could skate, when they, oh, yeah. when they felt like they could get around. Passing got better. Everything got better. They're one of the toughest teams in the league to beat when they when they think they can beat you. Yes. And they, they they weren't sure in the beginning of the game, but midway through the second period, they knew they could beat the Blues, and they just took it. I mean, they just took it and ran with it, and it was hard for the Blues to keep up um, at all. But I still think, I still think you know, we got to put the pump the brakes on this being like a quick series. Right I know. Away. Everybody's texting me. is It's going to be yeah. a sweep. I'm not sure of that. Either. It's possible, of course, because the Bruins are playing that well. Yeah. But also Rask, you know, wasn't spectacular. You know, he didn't have to be. But he was pretty good, though. I mean, he made the first. I thought the first goal was he won. He would have won it back. Um, it was very. I mean, he was good. I mean, both goalies were good. But I do think the coaching Bruby just got a little bit out coached. I want to mention though. this to everybody on the panel. We can go around with this, but 
in the press conference today, I felt like Colton Pareko came up short. Yeah. He, because to me, like, where's the offense? He had like one shot that got in on net that I noticed. Yeah. I, he didn't really do much. He was really focused on stopping that top line. But you know what? He's got to play offensively. Right. I, and Peter Angelo's banged up, right? So his offense isn't going to be the same. So if the Blues don't get offense from Pareko or Peter Angelo and Bo Meester's not dialing it back, that's not good because the blue line definitely is a big point yeah. producer for them, and it wasn't yesterday. But Bo Meester definitely has a, has found it like a fountain of youth, though. He was flying. He, he was, was flying. He looked but, good. I mean, he, but he, again, like those guys have to score some goals, too, if the forwards aren't. Peter, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Peter. No, I, I was just answering a text from a work colleague. But one thing I'll say here is the – I don't think the Bruins can rely on the Blues coming out and getting lost for 10 minutes in a game again. I think yeah, I the Blues are going to learn and they're going to learn and they and they're quick learners. They they won't let that happen again. And so this series is going to like it got a little too easy for Boston at points and and yes, the Blues are chasing the play a little bit. They took some penalties whether you like them or not, whatever. Um you can't let someone get on the power play who's running 34 percent in the playoffs you just, you can't do that right True, you that, can't that's right. multiple power plays multiple yeah you, you, yeah you can't allow that to happen that's yeah. like coming from the coaches that's coming from down you can't let that happen yeah. so barube has gotten through to these guys he he makes changes he may not have been entirely happy and everything but they're going to adjust and the bruins won't have an easy as easy a game through sure. the middle frame. Was, was Barube's line matching any good? I'm not sure it was. Right? No, but you know, what I, you know what I noticed? You know what I noticed more than anything yesterday? And, you know, I know that, that the analytics crowd, they demean and and, and uh, reduce the importance of face-offs. How many, so how, how many of the, of, the, uh, of the Bruins' set plays, they ran like three or four different set plays off of face-offs. Yeah. And the one that early in the game where Pasternak had that one timer that almost that almost beat uh, um, Bennington, uh, but they right. had a couple others that were really really good chances. And you know, I, I really think that the the Blues, especially O'Reilly and Bozak, who are two pretty good faceoff guys, have to at least go fifty percent against guys like Krejci and and and, yes. and Bergeron. And we they talked about that pre-series, like yeah. that's a big thing. They got killed on it. You're right. They really do, and and O'Reilly and Bozak are good face-off guys. So, and Bozak yeah. has faced Bergeron and Krejci for years in Toronto, so he should know the tricks of the trade there. But if they keep winning face-offs and get offensive zone puck possession, you know, and guys like guys like Krug and McAvoy get their shots through from the point, it's it's going to be deadly for for the Blues. Yeah, Bozak was the best cliche guy today, by the way. But I do <laughs> want to say this to Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> yeah, Thomas mentioned um, how Charlie Coyle's a local guy. So I was in the locker room when Charlie Coyle talked about this today. And and I'm, I look, Thomas, I can't give out everything, right? Because otherwise, I won't have anything to write about. But he did say, hey, he he, it would have been nice if he'd have gone to school here, like college, and it would have been nice if he had played here with the Bruins earlier. But then he said, you know what? It may have been better that I went away first and matured and everything. And you know what? He's right. Yeah. Because. Otherwise, you know, you cut, you stay in the local area, and it's a, it's a big area, and there's a lot of expectations. It could have turned out differently for Coyle. The path that guy he was took was probably for, better. The guy was traded for Donato. You know, yeah. he, he did that thing, yes. and, and you know, it was it was rough on him. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and he, I mean, he was a good, good player, point. but you know, it, it is hard, I mean, especially in this town, because like 
it was funny they were talking somebody asked them about you know have you figured out the ticket situation because when you have the stanley yeah. cup you know in your hometown like everybody you know wants tickets right and they said that they figured that out like the day after the last series so 10 days ago they had they, they had like the whole ticket thing was done right they just wiped it out that was it one day like 24 hours basically before the set 24 hours to tell us how many tickets you need we'll, we'll give you we'll give you as many as we can and then that's it no more answers, right. no more questions I, I think I think really good. that gets him out of the focus. I, I think one more thing we can learn we can learn from the Bruins uh, in this playoffs is you know the the fallacy that you can't make a uh, a trade uh, at the deadline and it help you. They, they've you know Coyle has helped them. He's played really well. He played great against Toronto. He's played consistently yeah. well in the uh, throughout the playoffs. And Marcus Johansson, who they got him got for a second round pick from New Jersey, has been great. So, you know, but I think we expected that. And he yeah. is a guy that won a cup last year. Like, it was a hell of a yeah. pickup. No, he was with New Jersey last year. Oh, that's right. He was New Jersey yeah, yeah, last year, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but the thing, right. with the, thing with the, the thing with the Bruins, the difference between the Bruins and the Sharks for the Blues is that the Bruins, like third and fourth liners, are all like tough as nails, you know, like, yeah. and, the, and they have a lot of physicality to them. So it's like, you can't. I mean, you could you could bother like you know they don't have like a Don Scoy on there. like they don't have that That's kind true. of player. No, but they're, 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 but but Chris Wagner and Corrali and Achari, they can all play the tough game and they're fast. Oh, yeah. They're fast enough. Whereas I noticed Alex Steen on one of the one of the shifts in the second yeah. period, he could barely move. And this yeah, gonna, be, yeah, go, go ahead. No, you're right. You're right, Mike. I'm I'm going to mention something about Corrali, and I wrote about this today. I wrote about him earlier in the year when he came in Philly, and, and I've always been a fan of him, and he had a really good game against the Flyers, and I wrote about Corrali. Yesterday, it's easy to write about his goal, but what I noticed late in the game was he was the best guy trying to end the game yeah. by icing, by not by trying not to shoot for the open net, right. by, by gently placing the puck in the, in the, uh, in the zone for yeah. St. Louis and making him start over. And he was almost to the point of falling down and he would just gently push the puck over the line. Right. So this way, St. Louis would have to skate to it. Very smart, great penalty killing instincts. He's always yeah. had that, and that's why he was one of their best players. Like literally, you could you could write about or talk about all their big guns. Yeah. He was massive for them, and he's been massive for them all year, even though he's only got three goals. And they've done a really good job, and they feel like they and the Bruins to me feel like they have a they have obviously have one of the best first lines in hockey. No question yes. about it, and they're they're fun to watch. Um, and and Marshawn is so much more just hockey talented than people ever give him credit for. Like the things he does are just oh, he's, a, he's he's an incredible talent. He's also he's an incredible talented. pain in the ass. Well, he's, he's a pain in the ass, but he is also very. He's probably one of the more talented pain in the ass who's ever played the game. Right. That that's that spinorama backhand that he oh made. Oh my god, him. that was amazing. That's and the big game player. Like he has, he finds moments in big games to do that kind of stuff too. Like that's that, that that backhand was harder than most guys' wrist shots. Yeah, oh, I know it's crazy, but the, but the Bruins really have like one. They have that top line, and then it feels like they have three third lines. Like it yep. feels like they, you know, because mm. you don't know which ones out. It doesn't really. I mean, they, I know they have a, a technical second line, but the other lines are coming up so well. The third and fourth line are coming up so well that they are like third lines. Now, Barubi said something really funny that I didn't really account for, and I don't think anybody in the media did. He actually played with Chara on the Islanders for a short time. <laughs> That's really funny. That's I, hilarious. I actually I had to think about that. I had I hold the hold the this is how old Char is. I saw Char play his first preseason game with the Islanders in the Spectrum. Wow. <laughs> All right. So like it was the last year of the Spectrum. And the next game he played at the Memorial Auditorium. No, just kidding. Oh um, my god, it's just crazy. Like in the Spectrum, I saw Char. Wait, hold on. Island. We 
what somebody in the chat room did something bad because it says this message is held oh, yeah, I get this, for I get review. this all the time. You don't have this yearly, but I, if I someone know. says something. Oh, so you have to review it. Yeah. So yeah. they're probably just making fun of Mike. All right. If you use language or like, well, that's not a bad thing. That's just a stupid thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Use a curse word or say Marshan's name. It usually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rat, weasel. How about that? Uh, no, let's. Um, why don't we switch to the news of the day? Um, the the yes. hiring of Dave, of Dave Tippett in Edmonton. I don't think that's the news of the day. The news of the day is the Sheldon Keith signing and i know that we're we well, don't okay, like no, i'm talking basis. about that too because I know, I know because i know and i know you're being good trying not to be trying to base but this is actually big news okay let's play this out for a second you're okay. sheldon keith right mm -hmm. you are obviously one of the most sought after coaches in in, in hockey right. there's no question that you've been the three or four times the leafs have blocked you from interviewing with other teams which is really well, rare in the state just, just on that just on that point I have not been able to confirm, and nobody has been able to confirm whether Keefe was blocked. Because the one team that was interested in him this this go around was Buffalo. There was no indication that happened this time. I, I got it relatively okay. confirmed as I again, and then twice last year, two other teams. Okay, so to me, so here's a guy. Okay, his contract is up. All right, so you know, his contract is up. So if you're Sheldon Keefe and you've been blocked. From kicking an NHL job, and you're being forced to stay as an NA, as an AHL head coach. Why would you sign an extension? Um, to me, this is like the most telling thing in the world. Like, so obviously he knows he signs an extension to stay in the AHL. Like, there's no reason that he would do that unless he had a very very good idea that he was going to be head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs very I mean, soon. Sure, like, I mean, I, I, you know, I, within I, a couple I, years. Honest, honestly, it's. This is not that big. This is not that big of a new. First of all, the rumors of him signing an extension were happened in in, in late March and, and early April. Well, they've been there, but like I, I know they've been there. But I'm like, I'm like, but I was always like, what? Why would you sign an extension? Because unless he's the heir apparent, act because but he, he. But no, but it's more than just thinking you're the heir apparent. This is like this is Dubas, or somebody has told him this to, and and he knows because there's no way you get him to stay in the age. And I and I wrote about this in my blog today because what 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 it does is it covers both bases. Keith, yeah, he's, he, it's a two year deal. It's not it's not a four year deal. It's right. it, so after two years, right. if Mike if Mike Babcock, Babcock does not get out of the first round in the next two years, he's fired. And 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 Sheldon Keith is the next head coach of the Maple Leafs. I, I, if, they, if, if they make well, let me if he makes the Stanley Cup final or the Conference final. The, the contract is short enough that Keith can go out there and 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 you know I mean even after next year if they, if they are convinced that Babcock you know now now everything is on track and they make the conference final and everything is great and they're prepared to let Keith go then he could go someplace else with their blessing and then maybe in a couple of years come back but I think leave the options open for him but go ahead Peter what are we gonna say no I was gonna say you know let, if I'm Sheldon Keith. I'm making sure there's an option in that contract that I can get out. I'm not signing for two years. And there might be. With, there might be with, there, without might be. some control in, in those two years. And I yeah. wonder what Mike Babcock's deal looks like on the back side of it, too. Well, it was a front-loaded deal, Peter. That, no, I know. Not the dollars. Money. What's that? The exit. Not the dollars. No, it's exit strategy, yeah. One, one of the things that... I mean, what I think what I think's happening here is I, I think, you know, that... I mean, there's no question that he... I, I, he may have in his contract. We don't know this. We usually don't know. But I know people who have signed contracts recently 
that are, that says you don't have to ask permission to talk to them. That actually does exist in the NHL. There are so every time you know we always wonder like, oh, you haven't asked permission to talk to that guy. So actually, some assistant general managers, some assistant coaches have another contract that they don't need it. I do want to say it's dangerous though for Keith to sign this deal thinking that the other guy is going to go because Dwight Schrute did the same thing waiting for Michael <laughs> Scott to get fired, and it took an awfully long time. Yeah, well, uh, but I mean, the, the, Great point, Russ. Thank the, you. right. The, the, the references of the office. I, I, I know, I know. Obscure, I was but, but, but no, I'm not saying that, 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 that Keith is basically twiddling his thumbs waiting. I'm just saying right. everybody knows that if Babcock does not get out of the first round, does not have some success in the next year or two, that the obvious choice right. is the guy that Kyle Dubas hired in Sault Ste. Marie against the uh, right. against the complaints of others that he brought to the Toronto Marlies that he won a Calder Cup with and that everybody thinks is a legitimate uh, head coach prospect in the NHL. So, I mean, yeah, yeah you're going to keep that guy, and he's on board with that. But if, if Babcock has some success – then, I mean, I think the relationship between Dubas and Keefe is good enough that he'll realize, okay, I can't hold this guy back. He's got a chance of getting a job. I'm going to let him go. But I, I, I think the odds are more likely that he's going to be the next Leaf coach down the line than Babcock. I don't think Babcock is going to finish out for four years. Let's just say that. I honestly think that the pressure on Babcock is, is more than you're, than you're even letting on. Like, I, I think if Babcock isn't in a strong, strong position by like American Thanksgiving, he's done. Like I think, no, no way. No, because I think he's. I, I honestly do, because I think he's almost done now. There are, there are, there are, there are so many people that I've talked to over there that say that they just, they aren't seeing eye to eye at all. And if, if you're a general manager and your coach are not seeing eye to eye at all, and you're, and your general manager's like, you know, not playing like the way he played Matt, the way he handled Matthews in the in the Boston series. Mm-hmm just was horrendous to the point where we talked about it was inside Matthew's head. Like Matthew's is getting ice time. So Matthew's asked, how do you get ice time with Babcock? Well, you well, got to play more defense. You play more one, defense. So Matthew's is suddenly a defensive forward. That's not going to help you. Right. The one, so the one, the, the, the one, the one thing, Peter, I want your, uh, your uh, input on this. The one thing that I think that Kyle Dubas has to do, because you can't go into next season plotting out what you think you know is going to be better for you three or four years down the line you've got to look at what's going to happen next year and now with likely signing Mitch Marner to a long-term extension making over 10 million bucks you're you're gonna have three three ten plus million dollar players you're in the position now after three first round failures if you're Kyle Dubas you've got to make the big deal he you know the thing is he is very influenced by what Masai Ujiri has done with the Toronto Raptors, making the Kawhi Leonard deal. I think that Dubas is going to make basically his version of the Kawhi Leonard deal this summer. He's going to go and going to make the trade for the big top pairing or top four defenseman. And if he doesn't, I mean, Babcock is on board with that. If he doesn't, he's creating the scenario for Babcock to lose his job. And unfortunately, it, there's no one out there like Kawhi Leonard. No, but I think, world. but it, it, and it's we yeah. know we know that we know that the NBA is different, and one player can have much more of an impact yeah. than, in the in, in the NHL. But I'm talking about this team has needed that top two, top four defensemen for for over three years, and they've so, they've done they've done bullet. A, a band-aid uh, fixes on bullet holes with Ron Hainsey and, and other and other po- bringing so in uh, Audrey Lilligren, another prospect, 
and a draft pick next year because you don't have any this year um, for Subban. There, there's your deal. Not Kadri. I do want to. I do want to give breaking news. That. We got something there. Go ahead. Because Bill C. You know, mentioned it in the chat room. He wanted me to comment on Capo not attending the combine. He doesn't have to. Yeah, he knows there's one of two teams that will take him. Yeah, it's ninety nine point nine percent the Rangers. Like, who? Why does he have to go and do anything? He knows. Yeah, he knows exactly what his fate is. It won't matter. He's just missing out on those great wings at the anchor bar. Ross. <laughs> there you go. I That's know. true. No, it's a shame, but he's definitely yeah. There's no yeah, question. I mean, there's, just, no, there's no reason. He, he the, the gains nothing by going. Absolutely nothing. Now, and if Jack Hughes skipped it, it would be a big deal. Yeah. Because especially then, right now, that was the, that, the league would actually say something to him if he tried to skip it. For now, Kako, no big deal. Now, what would be interesting for us is, is if if Podholzin misses it as well, the Russian. Yeah, it didn't say he did. I just looked at a list, and he's not on it. First off, is on it, who's a pretty good player too. Slepitz is on it, who's a really good player. But Podholzin is not on the list of guys right. that aren't attending. Okay. Now, here's what I feel bad about though. There are guys that don't get invited. Yeah. And I wish they would go back and now invite some guys because these guys aren't going. Yeah, space. Maybe they will. Maybe they, they will. I mean, because that would be a great thing because. I mean, if I'm an agent and one of those guys isn't get invited, that's the first call. Yeah, like I, got, I, inter I interviewed a guy, Nick Ebersizi, and he is not invited. And yeah. he's a really good player. And he's a 20 year old. Yeah. It'd be nice if somebody would invite him. Now. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny because we've we've gone to, we've gone to the the combine the last few years, and I it always strikes me like you think that going to the combine is a guarantee of being drafted. We interview we interviewed somebody who was a grandson of an NHL player who was a you know a ranked defenseman, and he went through seven rounds and never got picked. So it's not a, it's not exactly it's not a guarantee of being drafted. No, and an, an example is I wrote about Noel Hoffenmeyer last year who wasn't invited, got drafted, and now, of course, Arizona hasn't signed him yet. That's a whole other story. Yeah. I think we're going to have to get going pretty soon, guys. Cut the show <laughs> short today because I think they're about to do something here in the arena. All right. Well, um, I want to talk, we do want to touch base with Dave Tippett real fast before yeah. we do. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tippett, the, uh, the, go ahead, Peter. you have thoughts on that? Um, you know, yeah, I have thoughts on it, and it's basically I'm sure he's paid a lot. I'm sure he is, um, you know, he's probably going to be happy to be there. But mother of God, what was left? Like, yeah, it's no, no this is and not a, a shot at Dave Tippett. It's a shot at the Oilers because yeah. you gave yourself basically two options. One was going way off the board or Dave Tippett. Yeah. And you chose Tippett. Well, I, was told, I, hope Tippett I was told by somebody. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. All, go best ahead. of luck to him because he's going to. Yeah, no, and I think that there's the thing, and I'm sorry to be wrapping up so fast. Um, but I really, um, but I, I do, I do think that this is where the Oilers fans have to be happy about having Ken Holland because I don't think this gets done without Ken Holland. I agree. Um, Tippett was pretty happy in Seattle, and I think they just realized that you know what I'm, you know, I, I, he actually is going to take a chance, and it had to be some serious convincing by Holland to have to make this happen. And, so, and I'll tell you the only thing I found interesting because we knew Day for weeks already he was going to get hired, and it was just a matter of yeah. contract. The fact that it's only three years tells me that Tippett is not a hundred percent that. He would yeah. want to spend a long period of time there, so he gave himself an out by only going three years. And, time, now, and, and now, and now begins the the ridiculous dream scenarios that we saw a couple days ago, Russ, where people are, are dreaming up scenarios of trading Milan Lucic for Bobby Ryan. It's like you know, give give me a break. It's not going to happen. Ryan could still skate and he could score a bit. It's more than Lucic. It's just a, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, way more. All right, guys, we have to go. Um, 
we'll be back again tomorrow. Um, enjoy your day off of hockey. Remember, that's the buzz. It's just hockey. We will talk to you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.